Thank you, everyone. Um, thank you so much for this amazing honor. I'm extremely grateful to be recognized for my work over the past four decades, and I feel most fortunate to have a, had a career doing something I love. I cannot think of anything I'd rather do than work closely with artists and the art they create. When I graduated from college as an English major in 1966, it was not at all predictable that I'd have a career in the arts. I didn't know anyone who was a curator or worked in a museum. I don't remember when I first heard the word curator, let alone knew what it meant. When I was growing up in the 1950s, women could aspire to be teachers, nurses, social workers, and secretaries. There were some exceptions, including my poker-playing aunt, who became a New York City policewoman in 1939 and retired decades later as deputy commissioner. She was very smart and feisty, but I couldn't see myself following in her footsteps either. Fortunately for me and others of my generation, the women's movement developed strength in the 1970s, following in the path of the civil rights movement of the 60s. Things certainly didn't change overnight. As we know, women and minorities still haven't achieved parity in many areas, but I certainly felt there was a new sense of possibility. I could think about pursuing a direction I was interested in rather than doing what was expected of me. Although there was no certainty that I'd be able to make a living and support myself if I gave up a safe but uninteresting job at the U.S. Customs Bureau to pursue a degree in art history. Timing and luck can play important roles in one's personal and professional choices, but more important is the ability to embrace opportunities and to take chances. These can be conscious or unconscious choices, but they are choices nonetheless. For me, that meant leaving the New York metropolitan area where I was born and raised and taking a temporary position at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Chicago, subsequently becoming director of the Friedman Gallery at Albright College in Reading, Pennsylvania, then accepting a position at the Institute of Contemporary Art at the University of Pennsylvania, and leaving the area 14 years later to move to Rhode Island in 2000, and ultimately moving back to Philadelphia last year to the city that feels like home to me. More often than not, career paths do not follow a straight line. Instead, there are twists and turns along the way. Some people realize they wish to change direction altogether and pursue an entirely different career. Watching Chopped, which I do occasionally, on the Food Network, is not, it's not surprising to encounter contestants who studied medicine or another field and gave it up to follow their dream to become a chef. Financial constraints can, of course, limit one's freedom to switch tracks, but I applaud those who figure out how to surmount such limitations. It's important to be practical, but practicality can be overrated. What has changed since I started out in the field and what has not? When I was in college and graduate school, there were very few full-time female professors and therefore a dearth of role models for young women. There were no tenured women teaching studio art anywhere. I was fortunate to study with both Linda Nochlin and Rosalind Krauss at Hunter College in the early 70s, renowned art historians who carved out new territory in the field. By example, they taught me that the history of art, or any other kind of history, 
is not fixed in stone, but instead is constantly being rethought, revised, and expanded. Nochlin, the author of the groundbreaking essay, Why Have There Been No Great Women Artists, published in Art News in 1971, proved especially influential in my life. Not only did she study and write about female artists, she brought new prominence to figurative art and realism at a time when abstraction and minimal art were predominant. She also talked about the relationship between art and politics when art for art's sake was still the reigning mantra. In one of our graduate classes, a student named Hayden Herrera did trailblazing research on Frida Kahlo, a Mexican Jewish surrealist woman artist. This work would turn into what is still the most authoritative biography of the artist and the basis for the film Frida, which was spearheaded by the Mexican-American actress Selma Hayek. It may be hard to believe, but there was a time when only a handful of specialists had ever heard of Kahlo, let alone be able to predict that images of her paintings would become ubiquitous, reproduced on everything from shopping bags to jewelry, and be sought after by celebrity collectors like Madonna. In my own way, as a curator and writer about art, I felt I could strive to make a difference. Everyone's power is limited, but a curator exercises some degree of influence when she or he publishes a catalog, puts artwork on view in a public setting, or recommends objects for acquisition that become part of the museum's collections for future generations. Art, exhibi art exhibitions have the ability to present new information, challenge beliefs, provoke emotions, and at times, even prompt actions. Art and design and all their permutations reflect the society at large. The clothes we wear, the stationery we use, the chairs we furnish our homes and offices with, the pictures we hang on our walls, all define us individually and as a culture. You, as artists and designers, have the ability to change our lives in a local setting or on a larger national or international stage. I learned many things about myself and about the world I live in from being on the hot seat during the national controversy surrounding federal funding of the Robert Maplethorpe exhibition initiated by the ICA. <clears throat> that exhibition, which traveled to a number of other museums around the country, was at the center of what became known as the culture wars in the late 1980s and early 90s the effects of which are still with us today. It was serendipitous for me that the then ICA director had resigned to take another position and I was serving as interim director when major controversy arose in the US Senate. The story is much too long and complicated to retell here, but I knew that Maplethorpe's photographs, some of which pictured the activities of gay men, both black and white, were being scapegoated and that it was important to defend freedom of expression in Maplethorpe's work, which reflected his identity as a gay man. If you are caught between a rock and a hard place, take the high road. Act according to your values, even if that puts you at risk and subjects you to serious criticism. In the past 40 years, there, have been there has been marked progress toward achieving gender and racial equality, but we're certainly not there yet. In my youth, I don't remember anyone speaking publicly about what it meant to be gay or transgendered, and now in 17 states, it's legal for same-sex couples to marry, something that was unthinkable 15 years ago. On the other hand, 33 states, including Pennsylvania, still ban same-sex marriage. 
Being a curator has many aspects to it. One must be art impresario, psychologist, editor, teacher, fundraiser, and manager, as well as play a number of more menial roles. But even when work becomes overly administrative or routine, which is common to many jobs, tasks are performed in the service of art and artists. Particularly for those of us who are fortunate to work with contemporary art, there's always a level of excitement. We are participating in history as it's being made. My greatest satisfaction has come from collaborating with artists. It can be thrilling to boost the career of a young, unheralded artist and be responsible for bringing greater recognition to the work of mature artists such as Via Selmans and Linda Banglis. I've been a catalyst, sounding board facilitator, critical viewer, and even trusted friend to artists I work with. Artists no longer have to categorize themselves as a painter, sculptor, photographer, illustrator, graphic designer, or a fashion designer. Disciplines now overlap and intersect so that it's possible to move back and forth among several creative areas. As young professionals, you do not have to aspire to create objects that are, quote, mainstream or normal. Does the mainstream or normality even exist anymore? Now you can define what normal is for yourselves. The older I get, the more grateful I feel for my family, my role models and mentors, for my colleagues and my friends. Sure, like everyone else, I have dreams that can't or won't be fulfilled. For example, I would love to come back in another life as a professional ballerina or tennis player. It's true. <laughs> But as I've gotten older, I honestly think that I take more pleasure in my day-to-day -day experiences, and I'm grateful that I still feel a profound sense of awe and curiosity when confronted with great works of art. You are embarking on a wonderful adventure, launching oneself into the professional world without the safety net of school can be scary, but also enormously exhilarating and liberating. Congratulations to each one of you on your momentous achievement and to your proud families and friends who supported you through this process. I wish you joy and satisfaction as you navigate the curvy road ahead. And thank you again for honoring me today. I am proud to be part of the Extended More community.